Hey, St. John, this is Pastor Adam uh, sitting down here for another episode of the Post Sermon Podcast. And uh, today we're flipping things up uh, with uh, Deaconess uh, not being our host today. I'm going to sit down with uh, Vicar Allen and talk through uh, a double feature of sermons. Uh, we're going to talk about his sermon from this past Sunday, and uh, we're recording on Wednesday of the Thanksgiving week. So we, he is preaching uh, this evening for our Thanksgiving Eve service. Uh, Vicar, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hello, everyone. Well, good. Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, so, Vicar, this is a interesting sort of week uh, because Sunday, it was the last Sunday of the church year. We got one more burst of green before we switched to the Advent blue. And as you think about the church year coming to the close, and then we're going to start over again by the following Sunday, you chose Colossians chapter 1. Can you tell me a little bit more about that reading? Yeah, it's a, a letter written by St. Paul to the Colossians, and he's going into a lot of things about Christ and the necessity of Christ and the certainties that we have in Christ. So he, he defines who Christ is and, and what he is for us and creation, how he was the firstborn of creation, and how he came into this world uh, so that he can also be the firstborn of the resurrection. And so it, it, it's a complete uh, story, God's story, uh, given by Paul in this small section. It's just, just really beautiful to read. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes this is referred to as the Christ hymn, right? Maybe it was a, an early uh, hymn in the church. And, and I love that language of how he's the, he's the firstborn of creation and he's the firstborn from the dead. And you said these really nice, this poetry and symmetry to the... Uh, the verses there. Now, uh, when you leaned into your sermon, uh, you were dealing with this idea of uncertainty and certainty. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I wanted to begin my sermon by just explaining about some of the uncertainties we have in life. Uh, you know, some of the things that we, we experience in our daily lives and just, you know, we, we have our worries and fears. Um, what is the future going to look like? Um, and also, there's always this uncertainty about our life. Know, how much time do we have? Um, you know, how many days do we have until, you know, this and this and this, and, and the list goes on. And so uh, we always have this uncertainty in the back of our heads, uh, but we yet, we, we still continue uh, with our lives. But I think that's why Paul's letter is so uh, important for us and so helpful uh, because we get to realize that, um, Life is beyond just us. Uh, we are part of God's story, and uh, there's a certainty that comes with being part of God's story. Yeah, there's definitely that assurance we have in Christ. And I was just even thinking, I preached a couple weeks uh, before, and dealing with similar ideas of, of anxiousness, and and it's, it's not uncommon when we're in a, in a, in a particular part of the church here that our, our sermons kind of overlap in themes, you know, I'm preaching Christmas Eve, you're preaching Christmas Day, we're both going to be talking about the birth of Jesus. And, and it's, it's neat to kind of get those different takes and, and different ways to slice at this topic. All right, uh, what was a, a challenge for you with the sermon this week? The challenge was was trying to bring all of Paul's ideas together. Um, I think I wanted to put it into a good format or list, and, and I kind of stuck to uh, going just verse by verse, you know, just kind of unpacking what he's saying in each verse and and the certainties that come with uh, each verse uh, for us. And going from that, also bringing in 
uh, our gospel text where we got to see the passion uh, of our Lord and what he did for us on the cross. And so that, that full certainty, uh, that, that fullness of coming together with Paul and what Christ did um, in our gospel text, is, it's really powerful. Yeah, so often uh, Paul will bring in uh, too much material, right, and and too much to contemplate, and and that's sometimes what I love about like hymns and songs is they invite us to contemplate these mysteries, and and we are invited to return to them again and again. Uh, interestingly, I think we had this Colossians reading earlier in the summer as just part of the lectionary, and so this was specifically pulled back out again for this last Sunday of the church year. Now, one thing that you do bring up also in your sermon is a few verses that come before the Christ. And this is verses uh, 13 and 14. And these are unique to the the reading on this Sunday compared to when we read it earlier in the year, if I remember right. And it's dealing with this idea of how Christ has transferred us from this dominion of darkness into his kingdom. Uh, and you leaned into the idea of dominion of darkness. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, this is just tying in with sort of the introduction that I spoke about, um, you know, the day is getting darker and uh, part of living in, in, you know, not only a, a darkened day, but uh, there's also a darkness of uncertainty. And I wanted to bring that together with how Paul is talking about this dominion of darkness. Now, we know this dominion of darkness is is referring to how Satan works in this world, how he's uh, the prince of this world, and he wants us to live in this uncertainty. So I wanted to bring in this idea of how we live as citizens of uncertainty, yet we live as saints of certainty. And I wanted to bring that that kind of compare and contrast happening between living in this world of darkness where Satan will try to make things uncertain for us, but also how we live as saints of certainty, knowing that there's a life beyond this. There's a life beyond this dominion of darkness. Um, but I also wanted to wanted to make it clear that we do live in God's good creation. And so this this darkness that may surround us, this sin or this uncertainty that may surround us, um, Jesus has made it good in his creation. He has made it good, and he promised us uh, uh, a full restoration um, in the new creation. Yeah, I think of Galatians, like chapter 1, he refers to this present evil age, and and just one of the realities of the Christ event is you have this overlapping of the old age and the new age, and both realities are true. And so uh, as you talk about this uh, saints of certainty and citizens of uncertainty i think also how sometimes we'll talk about how we are simultaneously saint and sinner that even within ourselves we know that the darkness of our sin we know how it plagues at us and makes us despair and at the same time we are saints by virtue of our baptism by virtue of the god who has claimed us and transferred us into his kingdom and and this overlapping is our reality until christ comes and it will only be his kingdom come well, Vicar, uh, we have a double feature today because you are also preaching this evening for our Thanksgiving Eve service. And I think it's kind of interesting that you preach for the last Sunday of the church year, uh, definitely an important day in the church year because we're restarting it. The Thanksgiving Eve service doesn't really have like a, a prominent place in our like liturgical church year calendar, but this occasion is driven more by a, a holiday in our country. Uh, so 
maybe you can talk about that a little bit of what comes to mind as you were approaching preaching for this occasion. For me, Thanksgiving is uh, it's a very important holiday. It means a lot to me. For for me, family is spending time with family during Thanksgiving. It's just a joy and, and such a blessing. We may not get to see them and spend time with them throughout the year, but this is just one of those opportunities where we can we can uh, you know get away from all the the daily um, you know calendars and activities that 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 we have going on in our lives, and we can just we can just sit down and and celebrate and enjoy good food and uh, conversation. And uh, for me, just the Thanksgiving just means a lot. And so when I found out that I'm preaching for Thanksgiving, you know, it, it was really exciting for me because, uh, you know, my family will be here to see it, but also um, giving thanks to God, you know, for all the, for all the blessings he's, he's given to us and how he sustains us each and every day, um, you know, in different ways and how uh, the biggest Thanksgiving is um, his son and, and what he did for us is so this is a happy moment. This is a joyous occasion. And even though everybody's celebrating across the country, for us uh, as Christians, this is a special opportunity uh, where, where we can just thank God for, for all the blessings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the importance of Thanksgiving in our, in our culture and country. And at the same time, as, as the preacher, uh, instead of like the readings, if it's fair to say, I mean, the occasion is really driving the moment and really driving the preaching. I mentioned our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services you know, we may come across something interesting in, in Luke chapter 2 or John 1 or whatever we end up preaching on, but you still have to talk about the birth of Christ because that's the occasion and it drives. And so it's an interesting thing that uh, when you have these sorts of occasions, uh, the festival, the the celebration, the the tragedy, whatever it is, it really shapes that moment of preaching. And uh, let's see here. Well, how should we talk about your sermon? Uh, you get into Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you're thinking about the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, and that's a as a long ago event. If I remember my Old Testament chronology, that's like 1400 BC or something like that. Why bring up uh, the events of Deuteronomy eight? What's how do you connect that to us today? So when I was looking at uh, Deuteronomy eight, and I was just thinking its place, you know, uh, Moses is giving a sermon to the people before they're going to go into the promised land, and and where they're they're going to celebrate and do their own Thanksgiving. There, you know, how God had provided them with all of their needs the forty years, and they were getting ready to to go over across the Jordan and into a land, into a blessing that that God had promised. And, and I was looking at, I was just reading the words inside the passage and it was just uh you know just god was really speaking through of how uh to remember the lord uh for all uh, he has done uh you know these 40 years in the wilderness and um how also uh, it's quoted the same thing that that jesus said um during his uh wandering in the wilderness for 40 days um how uh man does not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. And so, um, just reading that over and over, and just thinking, yeah, this is. We should be very thankful, and um, it's a it's a great text for for Thanksgiving, uh, just a time of remembrance of all that we have comes from the Lord. Um, 
and out of his good grace. So, Vicar, one of the things we talked about this week with your Thanksgiving sermon, and just one of the challenges of preaching in this occasion, is sermons can often just sound like, well, hey, make sure you're thankful. Don't forget to be thankful. And you know what? Last point, make sure we're thankful. Amen. And a sermon like that, while it's true that we ought to be thankful, we give thanks to God for all he's done for us. It is easy to leave people in the law and only with kind of a moralistic sort of sermon, you still have to proclaim Christ and what Christ has done for us and what is God's action in the midst of all of this. And so uh, what's the, I guess, what's the problem you're looking to deal with in your sermon and how does Jesus, uh, how does Jesus answer that problem by his saving work? Yeah. So kind of the problem in our daily lives and, uh, you know, this is one of the results of sin is that uh, we can never be truly satisfied with with any of the food or, or things that we have, um, you know, we still get hungry each and every day. You know, even the, the Thanksgiving meal that we'll share, uh, you know, together with our families, um, we're still going to get hungry. And, and that's one of the keys to understanding how in this sinful world we are still, you know, walking in this hunger. We're still walking in this this uh, never-ending cycle of never completely fully satisfied. That was something I really appreciated in our discussions for the sermon this week is this idea of hunger. It really reminds us of two things, that uh, one, when we hunger, God gives us a daily bread as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. And yeah, the Lord continues to provide for us just as he provided for the Israelites in the wilderness, you know, manna from heaven uh, for 40 years. But also, why do we hunger in, in the pains of hunger, and if we don't <laughs> eat after a while, we're heading towards death. It's a reminder of our sin. And so it's interesting, you know, how hunger can remind us of turning to our Lord in prayer, but also um, the reminder of, you know, death does approach us. And so how does Jesus break into that? So Jesus actually shows us um, in the New Testament how he also experienced uh, the same sort of hunger, or probably more, um, as he was in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, and he also was hung- was hungry and was was tempted by the devil um, so that it so you know he can you know feel full and and not experience his hunger anymore. Uh, yet Jesus still hungered. Um, he still experienced the same thing that that we deal with. And he did that so that, we can be full. You know, he he was hungry so that we can be full of of his word. Um where the same word that, that Jesus says is, you know, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will will not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so Jesus is the one who experienced all these things so that we can experience a life where there is no more hunger or no more thirst to come, um, but we will be surrounded uh, with a feast uh, with our God completely in his fullness. So you're speaking of two kinds of hunger, it sounds like you, this idea of our physical hunger, right? That that's not going to be a forever thing that at the resurrection, at the new creation, you know, Isaiah and whatnot speaks of a feast and God will continue to provide for all that we need. We're also just speaking of just on account of our sin, 
it creates a hungering that needs to be satisfied and only satisfied in the word of God and Jesus, who's the, the bread of life. And I just appreciate our discussion this week, thinking about how hunger can direct us uh, towards God and praying for daily bread, but also in reminding us of our sin and our mortality. And what does Jesus do? He, he stands in our place. He wanders the wilderness as well and makes his way to the cross so that, so that we can be saved. And part of the good news is not just forgiveness of sins and defeat of death. The good news is they'll hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. And we and we continue in in that in that faith of receiving our daily bread that God will always provide, but also the bread of life that He always provides His Son uh, for us um, and gives us the promise uh, of you know this eternal feast to come. All right. Well, Vicar. Uh, I think we should work towards bringing this podcast to a close. Uh, we got some more preparations before uh, services this evening. I know you got family coming into town, as do I. And maybe a good way to close out is, what is a favorite Thanksgiving dish for you? So my favorite always is the turkey, but my mom makes it a little bit different. Uh, she puts in uh, a lot of the Indian spices uh, uh, and marinates the turkey completely. And so I'm always looking forward to to eating that on Thanksgiving day, but also the leftovers the next day, you know, the turkey sandwiches um, that you can make afterwards um, with more flavor and spice. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, mashed potatoes are just, they're the best for me. I just, I can't get enough of those and gravy and uh, yeah. So, well, uh, Vicar, enjoy your food coma this weekend. I will enjoy mine and uh, hey, everyone will see you on Sunday for the first Sunday of Advent as we head into the new church year. Thanks for listening to the post-sermon podcast. Uh, if you'd like to submit any questions on sermons that you've heard, please email them to podcast at stjohndublin.org. You can find uh, the sermons previously recorded on uh, St. John's website. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And I look forward to having Deaconess Daly in the hosting spot again because I don't remember the rest of my script. Thanks. See you all. Bye.